Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West End podcast with me, Will Pugh, and James Jones. And it's not a very attractive trait in a person, I've always found. When they gloat and say, I told you so, and do the ner nicky that sort of thing. However, that hasn't usually stopped me from displaying personality traits like that before. So, to anyone listening who was at all concerned, I told you so. David Moyes is the man to lead us forward. I knew it was all going to be okay. West Ham United 2, Wolverhampton Wanderers nil at London Stadium. England showing fighting spirit, character and determination to fight back against Germany as well, which we spoke about last week. We're going to win the World Cup. West Ham are going to win the Conference League. And there is absolutely no doubt in my mind we're going to finish in the top six. All of you doubters, James Jones, West, we are West Ham fan listeners around the world. Audi alias TT on YouTube. All of you. What did I tell you? It will be okay. And even Moisey coming out after the game was music to my ears when he was asked if he's relieved uh, that West Ham have got three points and the pressure's off him a bit. He turned around and basically channeled his inner wheel pew and said, well, we were really unlucky in a couple of games. Dodgy decisions, he meant against Chelsea. And unfortunate against Nottingham Forest. Um, so it's actually not been as bad as everyone's been making out after all. Me and Moisey clearly on the same page. Hopefully, many of you at home, James Jones included, sitting across the screen from me this fine Monday morning. Are you finally going to come start coming around to my way of thinking, Jonesy? Well, if you'd have seen my, um, if you've seen my tweets after the game, which I only read back again about half an hour ago, I sent those after about eight pints. So I'm, I'm very impressed at how well they, how well they were written. Um, but I was waxing lyrical. Wax, waxing lyrical about the team, 
I'm going, yeah, okay. Easy to do it after the game. Yeah, it wasn't perfect, but you know, I, I genuinely believe that you know we're good. We're we're far better than what the league position says it is. Um, well, where was this last that, week? And that I see, I, I on our day we're mustered. Were my exact words. Um, and yeah, I was absolutely waxing lyrical. I mean, eight points might have had something to do with it, but uh, and the three points. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm well on board, mate. Well on board. All right. Well, I'll ask you again. Where was this last week? I listened back to the podcast. I can't remember what I said last week. Oh, God, you were in a terrible mood. You were worried about the state of the world, state of West Ham. You said England have got absolutely no chance at the World Cup. It was all very, very negative. And I was there, a one-man bastion of hope, saying to everyone, it's okay, don't worry, it's not as bad as the table looks. We've got the one win at Wolves, and all of a sudden everyone's, woo, yeah, we're going to be great again. Can't believe it. Yeah, I do remember actually how depressed I sounded last week um, yeah, I mean the way of the world hasn't improved over the last seven days but uh, West Ham certainly have so I'm a, li- I'm a little bit chirpier today mate yeah that, this much is true Jonesy um, quick uh, grocery shopping update as well uh, did actually nip out to Tesco's this morning before we did the podcast as opposed to Audi as we discussed last week because uh, I didn't have time to do the extra the extra bit on the journey um, I did Got a tin opener for sixty p. Oh, pretty good, isn't it? That is. It's like a butterfly style one. It's like an old school looking um, metal one. Um, but yeah, sixty p. Cost. How much would, would you normally expect would, to spend on a bottle opener? There was no a tin opener. A tin opener. There was a, there was an alternate. Um, it was an alternate choice, which just looked a bit more modern and a bit more up to date, which was three pounds. Mm. So I went with the sixty p option. And it's done a sterling job. However, very disappointing because um, I was trying to get my lunch in before we started the podcast. Uh, I had a fish cake left in the fridge, so I whacked that in the oven. I uh, was going to have it with with sort of some vegetables and some beans. Uh, and I put the new tin opener, or as I thought, put the new tin opener to, to good use to crack open the can of beans. Uh, and the labels are exactly the same colour as the cans of chicken soup I've got in there. So I cracked open a can of chicken soup. So my lunch has consisted fish cakes and a can of chicken soup, which just sounds tragic, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, mate. Um, but is it nice? You're eating it in front of me at the moment. You look like you're enjoying it. Yeah. Um, well, after the feature on the podcast a few weeks ago went down really well, um, of the round, I think I was eating chicken. Yeah. And I completely forgot that we put these out on YouTube. Um and thanks very much. You've done me dirty and put the footage up of me eating the chicken on the YouTube. Um, yeah, and people started playing Guess What Will's Eating. So I just figured this week we'll just get it out of the way. Uh, you got anything else exciting going on, Jonesy, since we last spoke? Anything else um, interesting happened? Um, uh, so grocery no. shopping filled up 20 minutes of content last week. We've actually got a g- game of football to look back on and two to look forward to this week, so we don't need to fill up a podcast with um, mind-numbingly dull things that either of us have been up to in our lives. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I won't... I, nothing really has happened over the last seven days of my life. Um, but, yeah, I'm actually going to Aldi tonight. Oh, yeah. A little Monday night trip to Aldi. Huge. Um, it was going to be a Tesco job, but you know, it turns out I need a lot more than I thought, so I thought, mm. well, that's definitely an Aldi job. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm starting to... Um, for anyone that doesn't know, I think I've told you about this. I'm on a I'm on a fitness program at the moment. Right. Um, 
called Reinventing the Dad Bod. Right. Ever since Harrison came along, I've I've noticed a little bit of a spare tire emerging. Can I uh, um can I just make a quick point there? You sort of I knew you before Harrison came along. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel it, like you're trying to it, pull the wool it, over listeners' eyes here. It's, but, it's got worse. Know, I, it's pretty that way. It's got worse since Harrison. Right, okay. okay. It's got worse. Okay. It's got worse. <laughs> okay. Um, put it this way, standing topless in front of a mirror, I'm a far cry now than I was when I was maybe like 21 years old, 22 years old. Right. When okay, I, was, I think uh, that's fair, mate. You're when I was a fine-looking yeah? specimen, I used to play rugby, football, yeah. tennis, very active. Yeah. Lot of, you know, without blowing my own trumpet, I was quite, you know, well-defined yeah. in, my, in my heyday and looked to, looked to myself A in sight for sore eyes, I think, is, is, is the correct phrase, Jonesy. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're Lucy, probably, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, hopefully. Yeah, I, I just thought, oh, I've got to sort this out. And then I got uh, one of those fitness influencers stroke, you know, PTs, pops up on Instagram, and he's called Reinventing the Dad Bod. So I thought I'd give yeah. that a go. Um, he's got me. He, he wants me to eat 150, at least 150 grams of protein a day. Right. Is that a lot? That's a lot. Okay. That's what? So, lot. in in like chicken breast terms, what are we talking? Um, a chicken breast will probably have about maybe about 20, maybe, and that's just the ballpark, I think. Yeesh. So I've got to eat a lot. I've got to eat a lot that's of like protein. 7.5 chicken breasts. Yes, yeah, it's just like I've got to eat an entire chicken a day. Um, but yeah, that's what Fair I've got enough. to do. Um, right. How's it going? I've been about, I'm about six weeks in, seven weeks in. I've lost, um, I've lost about four kg. It's not too bad. It's about half a stone, which I've, I was I don't hoping. Know what that is. Yeah, that about is half a stone. Yeah. I was hoping for a little bit, a little bit more, but there have been days when I've kind of let myself go a little bit and gone up. I've got a calorie count as well. Well, Saturday's eight pints that you've already Saturday's mentioned. Saturday's eight oh, I, I barely ate anything on Saturday, though, so that helps. <laughs> to counteract it, yeah, well done. Because um, it doesn't matter. As long as you, you're in a calorie deficit every day, it doesn't matter what you mm. eat. you just got to make sure you're in a calorie I deficit. It doesn't matter. Health warning, though, mate. Health warning, just quickly to anyone listening. Don't, like, kid yourself thinking that you can just have eight pints of lager <laughs> every day. <laughs> and, and be, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. right. You you probably will lose weight. <laughs> yeah, but, but the, um, wrong, the wrong way, yeah. Not overly sustainable. Sorry, mate, carry yeah. on. And you've got to exercise. I'm doing three workouts a week uh, at least. And um, But, yeah, part of this is that because I need to get more protein in my diet, I'm going to start batch cooking. Um, I've got bought a batch, batch cooking recipe book. Right. And um, so I'm going to Audi tonight to get all my ingredients for the week. Yeah. And I'm going to batch cook my weeks, my weeks lunches and dinners. Yep. And hopefully I'll be on, I'll be on the right course. And before you know it, I'll, uh, I'll be a fine specimen old, once more. Back to your old self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fair play, mate. Fair play. I'm, uh, I'm pleased to hear it. Um, are you a list man, like a shopping list man? Because I'm very much a ah. Uh, Cupboards are looking a bit bare. Just rock up and see what's what. No, I, I am a list man. Yeah, you are. Yeah, because yeah. I'm I'm the type that will will go into a shop knowing that I need just one specific thing. Yeah, come out with loads of things apart from that one specific. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if I write a list, I have to write a list on my phone, everything yeah. I need, um, and that way, then I'm not left annoyed with myself by the time I get home. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel you, mate. I feel you. Um. Right, I think that's enough. We haven't even got to. to we don't don't want any more ten minutes of uh, of of con of sorry grocery shopping chat this week. Uh, West Ham have won a game. 
excuse me, West Ham have won a game of Premier League football. Beat Wolves 2-0. Bruno Large sacked in the aftermath. The embarrassment of losing to West Ham, clearly far too much for the Wolves board to handle. And they've got rid of him. But we'll talk about that game. And we'll look ahead to two tantalising fixtures this week. Fulham at home on Sunday in the Premier League and Anderlecht away in the Europa Conference League on Thursday night. All of that is coming up next. But first of all, do not forget that you can follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. I'm at William Pugh underscore. James is at by James Jones. You can get us on Facebook and YouTube as well. Just search the We Are West Ham podcast. YouTube in particular proving very popular at the moment, which is great to see. So get on over there if you haven't already and subscribe. Uh, where else can you get us? You can email us at wearewestampod at gmail.com as well. We are on Instagram. Also, uh, we'll just search We Are West Ham Pod over there. If you so wish, uh, people getting in touch this week, which has been great. Jonesy, one thing I will say, though, we mentioned last week about the potential of doing uh, a Christmas show. And I think I said, uh, you know, get in touch, send us an email if you like the idea of it. Um, and I'm not sure. I mean, I'm already trying to do the mental gymnastics to tell myself that... Um, it's because I told people to email us, which is a bit of a, frankly, a bit of a ball, like a bit of effort and a bit of a retro way of doing things. I told them to email us if, if they, they thought, if I, <clears throat> if they thought they'd be up for paying 20 quid to come and watch us in a, a little theater in London or something, do a live show. Mm. Uh, how many emails do you reckon we've had? Uh, zero. Well, my, my ruined the game, but yes, it's, it's been zero. We did though. have, Huh? I was just going to say, actually, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just getting that up at the moment. But it didn't feel overly, it didn't feel overly serious, the tweet we've got, did it? That's the only thing. Dale King, it came from, uh, lives in Perth in Western Australia. And he said, hey, fellas, just listen to the latest pod. I was disappointed how quickly he ruled out the possibility of the Christmas do being in Australia. We could have invited all the hammers in Perth, here in Perth. Paul from football, the bloke I met in the petrol station, and, oh, well, that's about it. If you change your mind, I'm sure the five of us would have a great time and there'd be no need for a big venue. <laughs> Keep up the good work and I'll buy you a pint at Christmas. Uh, you can buy us a pint, by the way, on buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestam. You can buy as few or as many as you like, and there are five or each. The money goes straight to me and Jonesy. We only spend it over a bar or on podcast equipment or guest fees to make the pod better for you guys. That's buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestam, if you so wish. So basic, Jonesy, it sounds like Dale King uh, and his four mates are more up for it, uh, a Christmas live Christmas show, than any of our um, thousands of listeners in the UK, which I don't know whether to be concerned by that or take the positives and think, well, we've got people the other side of the planet who are, are well up for for seeing us in person well i mean i'm quite up for a christmas party in perth like if you fancy flying over mm. to perth for a night and having yep. a good night out in perth and then flying back um i'll be all over it i mean it just is for a, one night yeah just for the one night yeah, yeah fair enough yeah. fair enough yeah. um, day there day back then all right dale and uh you know we've got lots of other um listeners down under anyone who fancies sponsoring that trip uh, get in touch. We are westhampod at gmail.com. Uh, that will fly economy, wouldn't we, Jonesy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not fussy. Huh. Maybe premium economy, maybe. 
We'll see. Yeah, yeah, a couple of flights, um, yeah, hotel, little theater hire, uh, in return for, for sponsorship. I mean, there's going to be at least five people in attendance. We will have eyes on your brand. So if that's not an appealing marketing prospect, I don't know what it is. To be fair, that's five more people than I thought we'd have last week. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. Right. Enough of being silly. Let's talk about football. Uh, Wolves reaction next. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jonesy, last week on the podcast, I read out some comments on our YouTube channel. Uh, we are West Ham Podcast on YouTube. Go over there and subscribe. I read out some some comments. Audi alias TT was the username of the guy who had directed seven comments in my direction, uh, particularly in in <laughs> in reaction to my sort of calling for Declan Rice to just play a bit more disciplined um, and you know suggestions that Thomas Suchek's poor form is in part related to. Uh, Declan Rice is, is going forward all the time. Um, I read those out last week, and, and one of the comments that made me laugh the most from Audi Alias TT was, uh, Pew, you're beginning to sound like someone who doesn't watch us. Pew, do you even watch the games? Pew, do you, have you ever seen West Ham play? Um, questions along those lines. I mean, having been to hundreds of West Ham games in my life, Having had been to my first game when I was four, uh, I'm now 30. Um, having had a season ticket since I was nine, every season bar one, I think, when I was out of the country for a year. Um, I've watched an awful lot of, of West Ham games in my time. Probably you know, too many than I'd have liked, really. Much more than I'd have liked. Um, I made a bit of a song and dance with it on the podcast last week. Uh, so naturally... Uh, I didn't watch the Wolves game on <laughs> Saturday uh, because I was working. Uh, I had the pleasure of working and going down to Southampton versus Everton at St. Mary's. And I was in the car on the way back. The signal was terrible. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've obviously watched the highlights, <laughs> extended highlights. Um, but at risk of being one of the biggest hypocrites in the history of podcasting, uh, I'm going to hand over to you for the majority of, of the reaction. Uh, although, <clears throat> given the choice, excuse me, between someone who wasn't at the game at all and didn't watch it live and someone who had eight pints, uh, <laughs> I feel like the, the level and the quality of analysis for West Ham 2, Wolves nil, just our uh, second Premier League win of the season, uh, maybe perhaps lower than uh, <laughs> lower than any paying punters could certainly expect anyway. Well, we'll point out that I'd, by by the time the game kicked off, I'd probably only had about five. So, <laughs> okay, a few. Give or take. Give or take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't. It was. I think we were we were quite fortunate that Wolves were so bad on the day. But at the same time, we deserved the win. I think we were we were well well worth the win. Um, it was. 
it was good to actually see some of our new signings starting. For start, literally, it was like this is Absolutely. nice. Absolutely, I thought um, Tilo Kerr at right back was uh, a few people really surprised about that, but actually, he played right back f- uh, for Germany against England and looked pretty good. I thought he looked quite solid. He was good, wasn't um, he? Yeah. A few, people, a few people in the pub were like, what's he doing? He was centre-back, playing at right-back. And I was like, no, no, that's, gonna, that's, that's an, an inspired selection from David Moyes. And it turned out right because he had another yeah. superb game. Um, lovely to see Craig, see Craig Dawson back. Um, but I think it was just a, it was it was the closest performance we've, I think, one of the closest performances this season that's kind of, yeah, we're kind of getting back to as good as, good as we were last season uh, in stages. Um, Wolves didn't really threaten us at all. Um, I think the, the, the closest they really came was when they had the goal disallowed for, for offside, Diego Costa offside. Um, but it was it was a relatively comfortable three points, um, and just so good to see see a lot of the, the new signings not just play, but you know play important roles in the in the performance and the in the in the win. Uh, Skamaka's finish was wonderful, uh, and again, obviously you could see. Jared Bowen back on the score sheet, but, but yeah, a, a good performance all round, mate. To be fair, it was it was like Suchek was a lot better than he has been. Um, Deccan Rice probably still not at his peak that we that we're so used to seeing him, but a better performance from him. Thought Bukata was effective. So um, so yeah, I can't really I can't really complain. The only question mark I had was um, Cornet went off injured midway for the first half. That horrible tackle, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I thought, oh, because it's almost like a like-for-like change, I thought we'd bring Ben Rama on. He didn't. And it was I thought that was just a bit of a, a, bit of a strange one for me. Yeah, who... Um... Ben Rama's been so good this season. Um, And it was... No, it was just... I think four, 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 four now's four now's who come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four um, now's Antonio and Emerson were the three to come off the bench yeah. during the game. Cornet, Paqueta and Skamaka coming off. Yeah, um, and I think given how good Ben Rama's been this season, I think he's been I think he's been good. Um I think it was probably it was probably a little bit unlucky not to start, although I know last week I was calling for Cornet to start. Yeah. Um but then to not come on when Cornet's forced to come off injured, I thought it was a bit of a strange decision. A little bit sorry for him because I think he did. To say he was probably unlucky not to be not to start the game, but still, I mean, it didn't really matter in the end. But um, the fact is, we've got that strength in depth now, which is what we didn't have last year. Um, so that's all good. But um, but yeah, it was a good performance. Good performance. Happy yeah. with it. So Gianluca Scamacca, twenty nine minutes, absolute rasper of a finish. Did take the smidginest. That's not a word. <laughs> but it just took a smidge of a deflection off of the uh, the Wolves defender's head on its way in. Smidginist. I mean, come on. I could do better than that, can't I? Crikey. Um, yeah, it took a, a never so slight deflection off the Wolves defender on the way in, but sat up nicely, pinged it in. It's funny because when you watch the replay, you're, you're looking at it going, because the, the ball's out wide in the wide position, and you're looking at it going, get in the box. What are you doing? Get in the box. You're the centre forward. Someone's got the ball out wide with no out ball. Like there's no ball into the box there. What on earth are you doing on the edge of the box? You're the centre forward. Da, da, da. And then it falls to him. He controls it and, and rifles it in. But I was still sort of left going, 
oh, hmm, okay, good finish, but you shouldn't have been there. <laughs> I was like, you should be in the box and then the number 10 should be in that position on the edge of the area. But brilliant finish. Um, good to hopefully, or hopefully good for, for Skamaka's confidence. He does that celebration, Jonesy, where he puts the old finger behind the ear and it just rattles me that because I'm like, what are you, what, what, are you having a go at? Are you having to go at the fans or are you giving it? I can't hear you or like, I hope what are you talking about, because maybe you can like a bit like Nigeria Coca. Remember the goal he scored against Man United? I think it was Alan Kerbishley's first game in charge. Um, proof to anyone who wonders whether I watch games, by the way, class, a little bit of memory there, mm-hmm. but we beat Man United. Rio Coca scored. Um, and he'd been getting a load of deserved stick in the build up to that game. Uh, and he goes in front of the Bobby Moore fans, uh, the Bobby Moore stand, excuse me, giving it these ones, hand behind the ear, yeah. um, uh, you know, as he was celebrating his goal. And I don't know. I, I don't, I'm sure Skamaka's not doing that. Nah. But it's just, a no, I don't know. I just hate it as a celebration. I, I think someone, whoever interviews him next needs to ask him the meaning behind it because there's got to be a meaning behind it. He's done it every goal he scored for us. Although this time... I think it's the first time he's actually smiled while doing it because he's been. Yeah, he's always had that really, very like Haller-esque, like arrogant Which I hate. look on his just face when he, when he scores. It's like, yeah, are you happy about it? Yeah, I, I know I'm good. I know I'm good. Uh, this time he, he actually looked delighted that he'd scored, but he still yeah, did yeah, that yeah. that hand beyond the ear. Um, someone's got to ask him. He needs to clear that up. But I agree. Like when I first when he scored his first goal for us and he did that, I was like, oh my god! Like, has he already cottoned on the fact that people are like, mate? Like having a pop it in for not scoring a goal, mm. um, but yeah, great for his confidence that goal. And I think you could tell in his face that he was delighted to get off the mark in the league, and um, just proof that give these players starts and they'll make a difference. Like, it's just got to play him more. Um, proof that he, he, I think the proof of that one is that he he does fit in a more system, not just because he scored, but he, he played well as well. Um, which there were some question marks whether actually is he the right is he the right striker for this system? Mm. Um, and I think he proved on Saturday that he is, he can be. Um, but yeah, do his confidence the world are good. Passing for him. Well, yeah, I I am as well. One thing I will say is that I don't know. We we already know that members of the first team squad listen to this podcast, right? Still to be confirmed whether Arthur Masuaku still listens uh, after his move to Turkey. I, feel, I really hope he does. I do miss Arthur. Uh, not as a footballer, of course. <laughs> um, but I think that performance against Wolves at the weekend, the team selection, all that sort of thing, is, is close to proof that Moisey listens, isn't it? Because we mm. record it for, for, for changes and to, to see acknowledgement from him that, that things haven't been working. We mentioned Cornet, didn't we? We mentioned Soufal's been struggling. Um, and we wanted Skamaka to start ahead of Antonio up front. We said stick with Bowen because you can't afford to uh, to drop him because you know he, he's got the quality there. He scores great for his confidence. Um, all right, we didn't see... Uh, Moisey's obviously come up with one of his own ideas in playing carer at right back instead of Sue Fowl. We sort of prompted him by saying we should drop um, 
uh, Vladimir Sufal in the first place. So I, I suppose firstly, it's like, all right, Moisey, glad to have you with us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Uh, don't feel like you have to you have to subscribe to the YouTube or anything like that. Appreciate you've got to uh, keep your head down a bit, and and you can't be publicly black back in back in a fan podcast. Totally understand that. Um, but sort of you know for the positive side of things, Jonesy, good to hear that that Moisey's finally listening to to our sort of tactical suggestions and all that. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, apart from the fact that it was painfully obvious that those were the changes he had to make, it's oh. very obvious that he listens as well. That is more obvious than the yeah. changes that were needed, I think. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah, just a, a, a nod to Big Dave. So, yeah, well, yeah. welcome. Well, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Well, you say welcome. You would have thought he'd be listening for a while, wouldn't you? You know, the word goes around the changing rooms. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't have thought. And even if it's not, because, you know, sometimes there's a bit of distance between the manager and, and the squad. Kevin Nolan's sort of that bridge, isn't he? Uh, between the two, between the main group and the uh, and Moisey. So you'd have thought someone would have mentioned it to Super Kev and he'd, he'd have passed a message on. Probably. Um, I suppose his cover's blown now, isn't it? Because it's very obvious that he does listen. So Yeah, that is true, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I hope Drew will get asked about it in his next TV interview or anything. Or it's one of them who just shut that down. I don't want to talk about it yeah. next. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, anything else to note, Jonesy? I think the, the goal for Jared Bowen, hugely important. Uh, we were mentioning last week, weren't we, how, well, he needs to sort of get back to those levels. Confidence looked a bit shot. Uh, nice little goal, actually. He took it really well. Awkward to control, sort of bouncing up and what have you. And then nice and tight little finish. Fires it into the bottom corner, the bottom right corner from a tight angle. Uh, yeah, wraps the game up, makes everyone a little bit more comfortable. Happy days. Yeah, I, I think he was probably the the one I was getting more most concerned about. In terms of confidence, given that given the season he had last year, the fact that he did go away with England but didn't get a minute, um, I just felt like if you lose a player like that in terms of confidence, then you, you've got a massive hole in your team, regardless of how much you, you spend in the summer. And you know, um, so yeah, we just got to hope he kicks on. But the whole his whole performance on the day really showed like he'd he'd got a little bit of his old self back. You know, even the build up to Skmacker's goal, you know. He's, running in, causing all sorts of bother in, in Wolves' area. Um, probably unlucky not to get his shot away properly, obviously it was blocked. Um, but then throughout the game, he just he just looked like Jared Bowen of last season at, at times, like more so than we've seen him so far this season. Um, and, you know, massively deserved his goal. So, yeah, massive for his, his confidence. And, you know, if we, if we continue, well, if, you know, he can build on that and obviously Skamaka can build on his, then, you know... Absolutely no reason why we can't start climbing up the table. But he was the one I was more concerned about, um, and probably the one I was most happy about on on Saturday when the goal at the back of the net because it's more of a relief than than anything that we haven't that he's not that he's he's like he's back to he's getting back to the, the one that scored what eighteen goals in all competitions last year. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely brilliant to see Jared back on the score sheet. Moisey, I think, was pleased for him after the game as well. Um, one thing, James, when we were 2-0 up and it appeared that we sort of retreated back into ourselves a little bit um, and sat a little bit deeper, invited Wolves onto us almost. And obviously Daniel Pedense has the goal disallowed for offside after Diego Costa came off the bench. I heard him getting, uh, getting roundly booed, which was quite funny. 
Yeah. Um, but obviously, if that goes in, fortunate not to be offside. Was there any concern on your part um, that that was? I think it was sort of with like you know twenty minutes ago, seventy-two minutes that was that disallowed goal. Was there any concern on your part that we were two new up and actually we invited a little bit of unnecessary pressure on us? And if that had been given that goal, could have gone you know could have gone the other way. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I mean, that goal came as a result of a counter-attack. Um, so it, when that goal did go in, obviously it was disallowed, but when it did go in, it did feel like it was against the run of play a little bit. And it would have been really annoying. And I think perhaps if it does stand, then yeah, we probably, we're, obviously we're clearly under a lot more pressure to hold on and get the three points or try and get, get a third goal. Hmm. Um, thankfully it was ruled out. But looking back, I just don't, I don't really... F- feel at any moment where I was like cool we need to get a third here just to be sure like we were comfortable we were comfortable and like I said right at the beginning I think we were fortunate in that respect that Wolves were so low on confidence um obviously Lars got sacked the next day so low on confidence really just sort of going two nil down in a game that you know I know we were debating whether it was must win for either team last week um, I think it's probably more must win for them than us because they were far more Certainly down. So for Bruno Large, yeah. For Bruno Large. So you go 2 0 down and the players know even though they were above us in the league, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but the players know that Bruno Large is under a lot of pressure. They will have known from inside the camp that, you know, lose this and the boss has gone. Mm. Um they would have they would have known full well that that was the situation. And they go 2 0 down away from home against a team that have also struggled to score goals and have also struggled to win games this season. I mean, from a confidence point of view, do you recover from that? I don't know. I mean, mm. group of players that have barely been performing anyway. Um, and I think that's what we saw from Wolves. And I think, thankfully, that was the situation because I think any other team, and they might have at 2-0, put us under a little bit more pressure and tested us a little bit more. But Wolves just didn't really give us that. It was, so, yeah. it was relatively comfortable. And, you know, given that, you know, perhaps we, you know, we could have gone on and got a couple more and improved their goal difference a little bit. But um, it's three points all the same, isn't it? So, yeah, I don't, I don't think maybe at two one it would have been a little bit ropey. But um, despite that, I think it was a comfortable win. Yeah, and honestly, mate, and I'm just looking at the table now. We're fifteenth, seven points, eight played, two wins, one draw, five defeats. As we've already mentioned. I think one of the, that Nottingham Forest game, we were so unlucky. It, it, I genuinely think like we could have we could have got four extra points out of that, and it wouldn't be unreasonable like that. Our performances have perhaps warranted warranted those. Uh, we also hit the post. Ben Rama comes on and hits the post to Everton. That defeat could turn into a draw. Okay, we perhaps weren't full value for three points at Aston Villa either. Uh, so you could perhaps say we only 
you know, could have got a draw there, which cancels it out a bit. But even if you give us four extra points from those performances, we'd be level on points with Fulham, who we play this weekend, and Newcastle, who are seventh and eighth, who people are saying they're having brilliant seasons, blah, blah, blah. I genuinely just think we've been on the bad side of, of luck and those fine margins you talk about in football, as well as the decisions, etc., etc. Um so, and I don't think it was a great surprise. Like I say, well, I'm looking at, at the teams around us there. We're 15th. Southampton, Crystal Palace, Wolves are the three, and Nottingham Forest and Leicester are the teams below us. Above us, you've got Aston Villa, Bournemouth, Leeds and Everton. That that takes you up to 11th. Now, I was at Southampton, Everton on, on Saturday. And we are, I know we, we lost at Everton, but like I said, we could have got a draw there uh, if Ben Rama's one that is the post goes in. But honestly, we are certainly we are streets better than Southampton, and we've got well, we've we've got the exact same stats as them, other than goals scoring ones. They've also played eight, one two, drawn one, lost five with seven points. Um, they've conceded more goals, but scored more. Um, we are way better than them. I think we can tell we're we're better than Aston Villa. You'd certainly say we're, we're better than Bournemouth and, and Leeds as well. So I, I genuinely just think that over the next few weeks, as long as some of our perform sorry, some of our performances start being matched by the points we get. And I think we both agreed, didn't we, Jonesy, that the last couple of seasons really, it's been really weird for most West Ham fans because that's what's happened. Like mm. we've actually we've been getting odd bits of luck here and there. And we've been getting last minute winners and we've been coming back from from going a goal or two down, which is just stuff we're not used to seeing as, as West Ham supporters. So I think the beginning of this season where we have had a few dodgy decisions go against us or we have actually been a bit unlucky. I'm not saying it's not uh, twinned with some worse performances than we've seen, but I just think where you've had the bit of luck and a couple of decisions go against you as well, a bit of bad luck, sorry, and a couple of decisions go against you, that, that does affect affect your confidence a little bit. Uh, and I think it will be a real show of positive mentality. And hopefully that game against Wolves on Saturday is, is the start of that. But it'll be a real show of positive mentality if we can, if we can clamber out of, of this sort of situation over the next few weeks. Our next four Premier League games are Fulham at home, Southampton away, Liverpool away and Bournemouth at home. Okay, the Liverpool game will be a test. They're not playing spectacularly at the moment, but it's not unreasonable for me to say that we'll likely lose Anfield. But those other games there, if you pick up, there's no reason we can't pick up nine points. I'm telling you, mate, Southampton were really not very good the other day. The stats seem to suggest they were, but Everton were never that worried. Pickford made a few a load of routine saves. One of them was oh, like quite decent. But other than that, they were seven out of ten saves you'd expect a Premier League goalkeeper to make. Um, and Southampton only started playing. They really lacked quality. This sort of bit like we'd seen from West Ham some parts of the season where players were sort of missing passes to each other. Just a general like low quality fare from them. They only started playing after they'd thrown away a lead they didn't deserve anyway. We could definitely beat them. We'll speak to Harry Durham from Talk Sport. Uh, next up, but by the, the the feelings I'm getting, we should beat Fulham as well. I I really genuinely am. I think the next three or four games will be huge, especially with the Andelect one, you know, in between. By 
the end of October, we play uh, Bournemouth on the 24th. I think I said this on last week's podcast, actually. By the end of October, it could be a whole different feeling because we could have qualified from our Conference League group already. And if we've got another nine points on, on, on the board, I've got no doubt we'll clamber up the table a little bit. And it feels like hopefully that performance against Wolves and that victory can be the catalyst for that. Yeah, we said last week, didn't it? After the after the Wolves game, well, going into the Wolves game, of course, uh, Fulham and Southampton. You know, if you if you get at least seven out of those nine points, the season already looks different. It's a it's a whole different story. Uh, anything less than that, and you you do begin to like seriously worry about what we're going to do this year. So, um, so yeah, and I, I agree that we're we're, we're a better team than than our next two opponents. Um, and we should we should get six points really. I mean, we have been pretty good at St Mary's over the last few years. I think in the league at least. I know we lost there in the FA Cup last year. Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, end of this month, and and suddenly it looks like uh, it looks like a completely different story. And we can look at you know, top ten or maybe even a, a push for top eight um, is is become is will be more of a reality than it was what two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and obviously, if we we qualified from our Europa League group, particularly as winners, then then yeah, suddenly we're looking at again it's, it's three potential of having three consecutive seasons where it's been good. Um, which looking back a few years, we used to have one good year and then that'll always be followed up by a few bad ones. Um so yeah, it all rests really in the next couple of weeks, I think. You're right about what you said about Liverpool, although they are there for the taking. Yeah. More so than they have been for a while. Um so yeah, I'm I'm quite I'm quietly confident going at the Fulham game that we can get get three points. They have been dangerous at times, but they've also susceptible, like we saw at the weekend, uh, um, literally just falling apart. I know they got that red card, um, yeah. but they literally just fell apart against Newcastle. Um, yeah. Didn't help that they lost Mitrovic. Hopefully he's out against us. Mm, um, don't think so. Sounds like he's likely to be back. Yeah, well, I mean, even so, we really got. You've got Craig Dawson at the back. You shouldn't. Yeah, shouldn't exactly. Be that worried, but yeah, I'm like, and then uh, Bournemouth at the end of the month, another side that you know have had some good results, but you know they're capable of getting battered nine nil. Like we know that. Yeah. So yeah. you know, it's the all three, all three of those next four games, we should be looking at three points. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Well, look, uh, it feels just a bit more of a relief than anything to get that uh, victory against Wolves. Out the way, okay, 15th in the table isn't superb, but we should be fine. We should be fine. As long as we get another couple of wins over the next few weeks, we'll climb that table in no time whatsoever. And then hopefully, come the new year, we'll be able to make a serious crack and have a serious run at those Europa League uh, slash Champions League places once again. I'm gonna. I'm not going to say the Champions League ones. I think they might be pushing it. But good win against Wolves. Uh, cheers for listening, Moisey. Thanks for listening, everyone else. Uh, stay with us because we'll have Andelect Opposition View next. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. So 
I'm delighted to say joining us for the first time on the We Are West Ham podcast is Scott Coyne from the Belgian Football Podcast. Scott, it's great to have you joining us ahead of West Ham versus Anderlecht out in Belgium on Thursday night. The third game for both clubs in this season's Europa Conference League group stages. It promises to be an exciting encounter. West Ham on six points uh, and elect on four. Both teams unbeaten uh, and elect beat. Silkeborg 1-0 were held to a 0-0 draw away at FCSB in Romania last time out in the competition. First of all, uh, Thanks very much for joining us. Appreciate you giving us your time. You're a Belgian football consultant. Now, that's quite the job title. It certainly um, gives you all the necessary credentials to do this podcast for us this week. But what on earth does that entail? Well, it, it involves a number of things, as well as being kind of part of the team behind the, the BFP, the, the Belgian Football Podcast, which is the, the number one English language podcast covering all of Belgian football, as you say, I'm a kind of uh, independent consultant in my own right. So I, I do freelance consultancy work for players and agents and clubs and, and the media uh, in Belgium as well. Um, and that, that might involve, for example, at the moment, I'm involved in um, profiling some players for, for an agent I'm working with who's uh, going to be looking at bringing some players from, from Belgium over to, to English clubs Um so yeah, through some of my agents' contacts, for example, they might get in touch and ask for players that fit a specific profile, um, you know, to be recommended to them who they can then go and, you know, talk to their agents about the possibility of looking at a long-term move and, and the things like that. Uh, yeah. But also other, other media appearances as well. It can be anything from providing data to, um, yeah, working, um, you know, in, on, on agile transfers as part of that kind of research and due diligence part of the process. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. That's, uh, I mean, uh, uh, do you forgive me, obviously, uh, uh, accent certainly not a Belgian one. I guess you're based over here, are you? Yep, I'm based in the UK. I'm based just outside Glasgow. Um, yep. And the other guys at the podcast uh, are Ben Jackson, who's the, the founder and host of the BFP. He's based in Brighton. And the other member of the team is uh, is Joris, uh, Joris Beck. And Joris is actually Belgian. Um, from from Antwerp himself, but uh, living and working in Germany at the moment. So, like a lot of podcasts, we're uh, very much international. But we'll be getting together soon at the end of this month uh, to go over to Belgium to to attend a few games. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. That's uh, that sounds pretty uh, interesting. Looking ahead to uh, this this game on Thursday night, then what can West Ham fans expect? First of all, obviously. Ended it based in Brussels. There'll be a few going out there, no doubt, um, carrying on the European tour and the, the fun and excitement from last season. Uh, what can what can West Ham fans expect from from Anderlecht at first before we go into the football side of things, sort of the, the you know, the city, the surrounding area and all that sort of stuff? Well, Brussels is um, as I'm sure West Ham fans know, a very popular um city to visit. Um, capital of Belgium, um, biggest biggest city in Belgium. Um, multi-language cities where multilingual um, you're heading to a great city and a great country for beer um, that's maybe yes. for a, a, a different podcast entirely but yeah, <laughs> great place to go for, 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 for beer and food 
Um, and I think the West Ham fans will, will will really enjoy their trip there, actually. And obviously, there is a there is a bit of a history between these two clubs as well, going back to UEFA uh, Cup final um, in, in in the late seventies as well. So um, that, oh, sure. that very much popped up in in a lot of our uh, thoughts uh, when the when this group draw was was made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, and style-wise, I mean, the, obviously Vincent Company was there for a while. He's now at Burnley. Um, he came through at Anderlecht, I believe, at sort of his club, and and he spent some time back there before coming back over to England. Uh, I, I'm just I'm just surprised to see. Obviously, one of the giants of Belgian football, and I think if you say Belgian football to anyone, Anderlecht are the first team they'd mention. Uh, tenth in the league at the moment, and um, West Ham obviously had a, a, an experience last season. I went out to Genk to watch us in the group stage of the the Europa League. Um, you know, a decent a, a decent side. They're second in the div- division at the moment, but tenth in the league. Uh, I think a lot of West Ham fans would be surprised to see that. Yeah, well, I mean, just to put this in a kind of broader context for you, they are they are struggling a bit at the moment domestically. The um, yeah, as you mentioned, they kind of made a coaching change in the summer. Uh, they made the decision to kind of part ways with uh, Vincent Company, which which wasn't universally popular, particularly right. among Anderlecht fans. Um, I think the the huge expectations at a club like Anderlecht, obviously because of the the size of the club historically in Belgium. Um, the most successful kind of club side in, in Belgium, although they haven't won the title now for, for, for six years um, and, and haven't won anything uh, for, for even longer. And, you know, company was very much working with his hands tied um, right. in terms of financially what was possible. And, and I think when you look at what he did in his short time there as head coach now, I think you can argue um, that he was making progress, but perhaps not enough for the people upstairs who... who I think... Um, and this is where it gets more complex. I think there was a difference of opinion. I don't think there was a universal feeling that that change um, had to be made. Um, Anderlecht chairman Wouter Vandenhout was really the kind of key player in, in deciding that he wanted company to leave. And what they did was, because um, company himself didn't want to leave, he was very open about that um, when the news broke at the end of last season. Um, a surprise to most of us. They decided to go for uh, Felice Mazu. Um, who at that time was the, the head coach of Union saint gelois another Brussels-based club who went within yeah, two yeah, games yeah. of winning the title last year. Incredible story. Uh, played a lot of really great football. Uh, they decided to go for kind of the, the hottest coach in, in town and hope that they could kind right. of transfer, transfer um, some of that magic um, across. But as we know, it doesn't really work like that in football. And what's, what's kind of happened is... It's a bit like, you know, kind of putting a, a, a square peg into a round hole and that Mazu's right. uh, profile as a coach doesn't really fit the template that Anderlecht traditionally play or the template that their academy uses when, when working with players and bringing them through. Is that so, style-wise, you mean? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a formation and a, and a style and a, and a preference for playing. Company, for example, is very much a 4-4-2 man. You know, he likes, uh, he likes a possession-based game where his wing-backs push up uh, push up hard and hard and high, uh, and he likes to hold on to the ball and work the space until you know the the space opens up. He's very much a disciple, obviously, of the of the Pep Guardiola school, mm. um, having having been part of that. Would be, uh, I suppose, he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hard not to to rub off on him, and you know, so he he very much preferred that as a way of a way of working, and that fits in 
with the way that the, the Anderlecht Academy system works and the way that historically they, they play as a side, to be honest. Mazu likes likes a 3-5-2, likes to play more direct vertical football. He's less interested in possession and more interested in getting the ball out wide and up top kind of quicker. And that's that's not a criticism when I say direct football, but he's, he's, he's much more pragmatic. And I think... Despite a very strong start, the first four or five games, they were looking very good. Um, it's all kind of come to a grinding halt now. And they're, well, yeah, they're, they're sitting in 10th. Um, they've, they've won four, lost five, uh, lost yesterday again. Um, yeah, I saw that. That was to Charleroi, was it? Um, 1-0. Yeah, that's right. At yeah, home and- as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the, the the fans are, are pretty restless at the moment. I think they have a sense already that something has to change. I mean, you know, just to put this in its wider context, this is what their third worst start domestically in, in, in 30 years as well. So it's, it's it's yeah, it's not great. And they're now 14 points off, off top of the table, which is where they would hope to be close to. And they're, they're certainly not near the kind of top four at the moment, which is where, which is the absolute minimum for them. Because in Belgium, we have a, a strange playoff system uh, where after 34 games, yeah. uh, the, the top four. Splits, is it? That's right. Yeah, the top yeah. four playoff playoff for the title, and at the moment they're 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 certainly not near that. Although we're a long way from that point, so um, unless the form improves very very soon, then I, I suspect a change will will be coming because um, the, the 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 club are restless upstairs, and the fans are are, are starting to turn on, on on Mazu. Although they accept it's not all his fault, they were very loyal to company, and 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 I don't think they've quite. Um, kind of got over that 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 range quite yet. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't we don't know what sort of hand left we're we're going to get. Actually, I mean, playing in Europe might be might be good for them. They're they're sitting on four points in the group, so they're doing okay. But um, it'll be interesting to see whether the tension domestically that that's very much there and that lack of confidence transfers to Europe, or or whether they feel a feel a freedom in Europe. What's the approach? What's the sort of attitude and approach among the well from the club itself and and the fans, I guess, uh, towards the conference leagues? Obviously, a new competition, only the second season. Um, depends who you speak to about how seriously they take it. For West Ham, it's 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 a pleasure to be playing in Europe, um, and you know, and the opportunity fans have wanted for a long time. So I personally am I'm enjoying it. Look forward to the games. How's it approached um, in Belgium and Anderlecht in particular? Well, Anderlecht, likewise, are kind of delighted to to be there, even if it is the Conference League. I mean, the, the Anderlecht um, have been absent from European football for, for far too long at, at all levels. Um, so this is Anderlecht, you know, returned to European competition uh, for the first time in uh, five years, actually. Um, they narrowly missed out um, on the Conference League last season. They had a very close playoff game against uh, uh, BTS Arnhem. Mm. Um, the Dutch side, uh, which which they lost, um, so to to qualify this season is is huge, both in financial terms, because they're in a long term process of kind of trying to turn things around. You know, the the money that was there in the past isn't. 
Um, so, you know, being in Europe is good, both from a financial point of view, but also from the club's profile, you know, it makes it easier to attract players, being able to offer European football, you know, like it does at all clubs. And that's something they've, they, they've suffered from. Um, they cannot really afford to rely on the, the, their academy, which is still probably one of the best in Europe. The European Academy is very famous still. Um, you know, is, is very reliable at producing kind of top, top talent. Um, and they're in a position now as a club where in the past they'd be able to hold on to their their, their best talent, but they, they, they can't now like a lot of big clubs. So the talent they produce, it's about holding on to it as long as they can mm. and then, you know, making as big a profit as they Cashing can. In, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's very difficult and, and also working off the back of, you know, very creative and pragmatic loans. Uh, they lost a couple of really big players uh, who were who were good performers under Vincent Company, Joshua Xerxy, um, who they were hoping to bring back. And I think would have come back despite the big transfer fee involved. But but unfortunately, I, I think he was very open in saying, you know, no company, no deal. And, you know, he's now now gone to Italy. So I think, you know, merely being in Europe is, is a huge positive to Anderlecht. And, and I, I, I think at the moment... I think they will see being in Europe as, as as a useful distraction from some other domestic woes. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they drew nil nil away at uh, FCSB, like I mentioned. Uh, they got that that win against Silkeborg, which was late on, wasn't it? It was sort of a, a not, not fortunate, but they they got that win late on. So it's hardly like they're sweeping aside. Uh, opponents who, to be honest, uh, West Ham made a bit difficult work of it at, at Silkeborg, but. Um, you know, I found it reasonably straightforward to get the two wins they have so far. What you've mentioned, Starwise, and being a bit more direct, perhaps. But what, what do you? How do you see the gulf between the two sides, quality-wise, at the moment? Because it's fair to say that West Ham fans thought and expected this game to be the toughest one of the whole group stage campaign. Yeah, I think I think that's probably fair. I think in terms of the quality of the sides, I think you know Anderlecht probably. Um, I mean, they're sitting second at the moment, and I, I think that's probably about right. You know, West Ham are always going to be favourites for this group. Um, I think. Um, I think it's just going to be interesting to see how relaxed um, Anderlecht are uh, over the course of these next two games. Um, and, and whether they carry through any of that lack of confidence and tension that's kind of just been starting to kind of become more apparent over the last month um, mm. domestically as results haven't been going their way. Um, I think the longer games go on, you know, without, without a goal, I think the fans get restless and I, I think that can play into West Ham's hands very much here. Um It'll be interesting to see kind of team selection wise from Anderlecht point of view as well, you know, who, who Mazu chooses to play because he's, he's been rotating a little bit in recent weeks and trying some different things um, just just to see who, who responds to, to certain things better. And, and in a way, I don't think that's helping. Um, matters. So they're at a point now where, you know, the, the kind of tension surrounding everything is starting to kind of, you know, just inhibit their the their, their choices they make on on, mm. on the field as well. So um it's a game that West Ham I think, you know, go into as as, as favourites at the moment, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously it puts us in a good position to to win that group if we do get the win and there's a return leg at London Stadium just a week later. Uh, two players that West Ham fans will have heard of with Anderlecht links. One of them is Josh Cullen, of course, formerly of West Ham, who spent some time there, now 
back with in England at Burnley with uh, Vincent Company once again. Uh, and Jan Vertonghen, the old Tottenham centre-back, who I'm sure the away fans will give a, a very warm reception to, no doubt, when they uh, <laughs> when they travel over to Belgium on Thursday, and especially when he comes back to the London Stadium. Um, Joe, what did you make of, what did the fans make of, of Josh Cullen when he was there? Because it's one of those moves where everyone went, oh, really? You go, Anderlecht, that's a weird move. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember it's funny enough, I, he was sat next to me at the um, at the Genk away game last season. It sort of brought it all flooding back. I think West Ham fans had hopes that he might break through, never really, never really got to that required level. But how was he thought of in uh, in Belgium? Well, I think he was he was adored actually. I think just probably the the best word to use by by Anderlecht fans. I think they really appreciate him. You know, Josh, as you know, is one of those players who um, he's not a showy player by any means at all. But what he does is he's he's very tidy. He's very reliable. He's a very fit player. He's very good aerially for a player of his size as well. He doesn't get enough mm. credit for that. Um, and he's he's quietly effective. Um, you know, it's interesting, you know, he's one of those players that people don't tend to notice, but, you know, he's hugely influential on, on systems. I mean, he, 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 I think he missed something like eight minutes of football across the entire season last year in Belgium, which is absolutely right. remarkable. And that's only because company brought him off um, at one point in a game towards the end of the season. So he played virtually every single minute of every game for Anderlecht last season. And company was a, a, a massive fan of his and very keen to to take him um, to Burnley, um, you know, the first opportunity. Uh, there was a lot of interest in him actually as well. You know, he wasn't he wasn't spoilt for choice when, when it came to offers. And I think when, when company left, I think the... The, you know the the die was cast. I think he was he was likely to go whatever kind of company um, actually went in the end. Um, extremely highly thought of. One of those players that I think a lot of people, unless you you know you watch him regularly, which obviously I got a chance to do because I get to see Anderlecht most weeks. Um, you know you, you don't really appreciate um, a great player to watch off the ball as well as reading of the games. Yeah, yeah. Great. A very tidy player. Um, most fans obviously tend to only notice more showy players or players who have the ability to kind of turn on something that really makes you notice them. But Josh keeps things kind of simple and tidy, and and is very much somebody who who carries out a coach's instructions as well, and coaches um, really respond to that very very positively. Um, and he definitely is has been a big miss for them in the middle of that midfield. Um, you know they've they've lost Sergio Gomez as well to Manchester City, who was was probably one of the three or four best players in in, in Belgium last year. Uh, Zerpsi's gone now, Kwame's gone. Both of them, both those two strikers who were important last year, have gone because uh, they were on loan as well. Um, so they've they've really lost some kind of key players. And although there's plenty of talent and depth still in that squad, they're now trying to play in a system that I, I don't think yeah. they're completely happy with and. Yeah, it's 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 difficult. They're they're trying their best at the moment and and hoping yeah. that you know things are just going to magically turn. But it doesn't work like that. The big question is, you no. know, how how long are they going to give it before you know they they push the panic button and 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 decide to go again? So uh, looking ahead then to this to this game on Thursday, so I saw you mentioned the more sort of direct looking to get the balls out wide quite quickly. It'd be an interesting one because West Ham don't always fare so well against teams who are 
we, we, we are better against teams who are happy to have the ball. We're not too worried about having possession. So we don't always fare well against teams who have the same approach and who are willing to sit back and play a bit more directly. So interested to see how that plays out. As far as before I let you go and get a score prediction off you, Scott, uh, just sort of give us a rough idea of, of sort of West Ham or players West Ham fans should look out for. Obviously, they know all about the tongue and went to Benfica after Tottenham now find himself back at Anderlecht. But sort of star players elsewhere that West Ham fans should be wary of. Well, there's a few worth kind of keeping an eye on. One of them is uh, Fabio Silva, who's a Portuguese striker um, uh, on loan from Wolves at the moment. Oh, that's the one, is it? Yeah, yeah, that that, oh, that right. Fabio okay. Silva. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, he's he he's very important to them at the moment. He's got uh, four goals in ten uh, domestically since the season started. Uh, five goals in twelve, if you include the European games as well, because he's scored in Europe for them now. So he's he's had not a bad start to kind of his Anderlecht career, but he is only going to be there for this year. You know, they've been very open about yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Um, he's, he's there to play because he's going to get more opportunities to develop there than he is at Wolves at the moment. And Wolves were a lot of Wolves fans were not happy that he was kind of sent no. out of home. They felt he was one for now. Um, another couple worth mentioning, uh, Yari Varsharan as well, uh, right midfielder, um, really good creative uh, attacking young Belgian midfielder, um, you know, capable of creating a lot, um, big provider. Um, as well, and usually when he plays well, Anderlecht play well. And the other one worth mentioning um, on the other side, uh, Leah Rafailov, who's who, albeit that he's thirty six now, um, is still still a really important player for Anderlecht. You know, really capable of of magic line breaking passes. Um, you know, creating assists, scoring as well. He's a good set piece taker. Uh, has a lot of experience as well because of his age, and he's very important. You know. When there's a lot of young players on that side, which which there is in this the Sanderlecht side as well, has a lot of European experience. So he's a real leader on the pitch, um, who mm. who can make a difference. They they're probably the main ones worth worth highlighting to watch out for, I think. And they will have to play well, um, if if Anderlecht are going to get anything out of out of this this double header coming up. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Well, look, Scott, it's been brilliant having you on the show. Uh, clearly know your beans, which is more than I can say about me and Jonesy about our own club, to be quite honest on this podcast. <laughs> but look, it's, it's been brilliant having you on. Just before we let you go, uh, give us a score prediction then ahead of Thursday night's game, West Ham United away at Anderlecht in the Europa Conference League. Well, as much as it pains me to say it, because uh, we need we need the coefficient points at the moment. I I can see West Ham winning this reasonably comfortably, just because of um, the lack of confidence that Anderlecht are playing with at the moment. So it wouldn't surprise me if Anderlecht were able to win this three uh, one, perhaps. I think <laughs> Anderlecht are going to win it three one. I, I would love to think so, but yeah, West Ham. Sorry, yeah, West Ham. Yeah, uh, West yeah, Ham, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. my that's my subconscious bias. What what I would like to see happen, but yeah, yeah no, yeah. I can so see West Ham. Quite, a, yeah. casual, quite yeah. a casual delivery of quite a bold claim there, but um, yeah, no. To be honest, Scott, that's exactly uh, those. That's exactly my thoughts. West Ham sort of conceded. Um, sort of sloppily in the first two ties, and yeah, I've just got a feeling um, that it might be, it might be the same, the same again. But I do do feel we'll get through the tie. Three one is my shout as well. Look, Scott Coyne there from the Belgian Football Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us uh, to look ahead to that game on Thursday night. Stay with us because we'll have a look ahead to the Fulham game on Sunday in the Premier League with Talk Sports Harry Durham. 
next. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So joining us to look ahead to this weekend's game with the mighty Fulham is Talk Sports. Harry Durham. Harry, brilliant to have you with us on the We Are West Ham podcast for the first time. Now, I have said this before on the podcast, so those listening will have to forgive me, but Fulham fans, I find, are a weird breed. For the vast majority of my life, I found them to be very rare because I don't think <laughs> I met any until the age of about 27, 28, which is only a couple of years ago. Uh, and somehow, over the past 24 months or so, I now know loads of them. I just started yeah. playing football with one. Uh, there's a couple who work with you at Talk Sport, of course, who you, who you will know. Don Betts has been on this mm-hmm. show beforehand and they just seem to be like crawling out the woodwork one of my bosses um he supports Fulham as well and all of a sudden I'm like ah you are the people that I've seen on match of the day (laughs) filling up Craven Cottage but I've never actually seen any of you in any real life situations you meet people who support Sunderland and Birmingham and Preston North End and whatever in in London but I finally found some Fulham fans you're one of those you're on the podcast this week which I'm delighted by can you explain that phenomenon to me what as in kind of like being an anomaly well as in I didn't think there were any of you really even though there's like 20 odd thousand people in Craven Cottage every week who on the whole are cheering I appreciate you've got the neutral zone yeah there are some people there who actually just support Fulham aren't there yeah and I'm one of them. Um, Mind blowing. I don't know what it is. I think it's like it's, it's South London split into obviously South West London split into uh, two clubs. I think I think that's Chelsea and it's Fulham. I think across the country, obviously Fulham isn't as big as like obviously your Man United and your Liverpool's and your Chelsea's. I think if you go South West London, you go obviously the regions of Fulham and you go Wandsworth and you go. And you go tooting in little like pockets like that, and Wimbledon. That's where you'll probably find a majority mm. of your Fulham fans. Um, well, I don't I know. In, I lived in Putney for a year, and I didn't see any then. It's about really? I, could, I could jog to the stadium, and I didn't bump into any of you. I tell madness. you, if you're walking across uh, Putney Bridge on Match Day, you see a lot. I don't know if it's a case of. Uh, let's say like a lot of people do say Southwest London very rich. Fulham fans very posh. I don't know if mm. a lot of them are people coming in from Surrey. Probably are. Mm. Um, so it could be that they're probably just hiding in the woodworks of the uh, the home counties. To be honest with you, <laughs> or exactly. I went on Saturday, and <clears throat> one of my best friends is from Nashville. Oh wow! And um, I took him. I think it, I think it was like the, the third Premier League game he's ever been to. So I was like, you know, what? I've got a spare for. Saturday, why don't you come along? And I said to him, one thing you always hear, and I hear it every single time, is about 20-odd American voices. And you have, a, I know we have the neutral stand, but you get a lot of international fans, and Americans in particular, 
because of the Clint Dempsey, Carlos Bocanegra, and Brian McBride effect. Uh, and now Tim Casey Keller? Yeah. Ex-goalkeeper as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get yeah. a lot of Americans coming through. And I don't know if it was more because of the NFL in London sort of this week, but there's sort of like little pockets as well that you find them uh, all wearing their old Clint Dempsey USA shirts. Yeah, that? yeah, fair enough. It could be that or just I'm just not hanging around with posh enough people, Harry. <laughs> That's probably... See, I am by the sound of my voice and uh, me living in Tooting. Uh, when I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I mentioned to you before we came on uh, came on the podcast about being at a pub quiz last night. And uh, I've been there a few times at the Wheatsheaf in Tooting Beck. And the guy that runs it is a massive Newcastle fan. And his second question on the sport round was, uh, what was the score? This is my terrible Geordie accent. What was the score between Newcastle and Fulham yesterday at Craven Cottage? And there was probably about 30 people in the room. Few, few. I was given a bit of a two finger salute, and then you saw you saw other people around the room. So it was actually quite a few Fulham faces dotted about <laughs> in, the, in the quiz, which was uh, quite surprising. Well, there we go, there we go. I am um, Nashville, by the way, great city, absolutely been, outstanding. But he loves it. You never been? No. He, oh, well uh, worth it. He moved over probably about two years ago. Um, yeah, and he's well, it's one of the music cities of America, you know. And he's, oh, uh, what, yeah, what a place! Yeah, he's given me, trip, he's given me some new uh material, which is great. Excellent stuff, excellent stuff, right? Harry, I think now we've got all of that um small talk out of the way, <laughs> let's talk about football. Fulham eighth in the table. I mean, I th- yeah, you know, everyone's sort of as they do when teams come up, sort of getting. Uh, in the the past few years, it's it's getting a bit. Yeah, let's call it as it is. I think lots of fans are finding it a little bit boring, in terms of not just you guys, but mm. there's sort of that that little bracket of teams now, isn't there? Who uh, sort of you guys, Sheffield United, obviously Nottingham Forest are a new a new name this year who who've been promoted, but Bournemouth, yeah. uh, Sheffield United, Norwich are in there as well. Just. West Brom, perhaps you kind of feel are just going to be bouncing between the two divisions for a while. Perhaps mm. there isn't that fluidity among teams who who get promoted. However, uh, you guys this season by doing by far the best of um, the the newly promoted trio. You guys, Bournemouth and Nottingham Forest, sitting in eighth, played eight, won three, drawn two, lost three, minus two goal difference, eleven points. You must yep. be absolutely delighted with that return. I mean, I'm over the moon. It was uh, going to like the Emirates and playing Arsenal. I wouldn't say off the park, but give them a good run for their money. That's for sure. And there was certainly pockets where we thought, you know, we could get a point out of these and yeah. see a Mitrovic score both there and at Tottenham. Yeah. It's something that like Marco Silva has like, installed. I said this at the start of the season. There's four redemption stories with Fulham. There's Fulham the club. There's Mitrovic. There's Andres Pereira. And there's Marco Silva. And right now, Marco Silva's had a lot to prove. Uh, you remember the whole thing that happened with him uh, leaving Watford for Everton and then getting sacked by Everton. And then all of a sudden he lands back up at Fulham. People thought probably yeah. thinking he'd never get another job in England. Um, so what I saw from like last season, it's high press, suffocating teams. And you think, can we really, really do this in the Premier League? And then as soon as as soon as the first game of the season came around against Liverpool, and we saw how well we adapted to that. I was like, I know we're only one game in and we only got a point. But I'm like, if we can have this exact the same approach to every single game. And I think the only game we've not had that approach 
was Saturday against Newcastle where uh, it was a bit of a disaster. But, mate, to be honest with you, over the moon. And it feels like we're finally going to silence some haters. Yeah, I, it's funny, isn't it? That that Liverpool result you mentioned there, uh, two all on, on the opening day, two all at Craven Cottage. Obviously, now with how Liverpool are playing, no one re- it seemed a far better result. Not yeah, that, not that it still isn't. Obviously, they've got some <laughs> superb players. But I remember at the time you think, oh blimey, Fulham just come up, held Liverpool to a tour draw, and we see that so often, don't we? Those newly yeah. promoted teams, first game of the season, Brentford beat Arsenal last year, of course. Um, and that first game, you think, ah, oh, new Premier League bounce, fans are well up for it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Um, obviously, it turns out that it was symbolic or signifying of of some deeper root problems Liverpool have got. Yeah. But outstanding from Fulham, and to be eighth after, as you mentioned already, having played Fulham, having played Arsenal away, having played Tottenham away. Okay, mm-hmm. you didn't get results at those places uh, but 2-1 defeats Arsenal you, you certainly deserve something yeah and then Brighton at home who and they've proved to be no slouches this season 2-1 at home you've gone to Forest and won which we failed to do uh, it seems and then obviously beat Brentford at home which you'll have all have been delighted about in that yeah 100% 3-2 uh, what happened Saturday then because Newcastle seemed to have been cruising just like bubbling away yeah. unlucky with a few of the draws they've got Better the better side in almost all of them, and then they come and do you four one. Should I tell you how my day sort of like panned out? I, I, I was I was filled sort of with uh, optimism. Was was excited to go back to Craven Cottage for probably what the first time in about a month. Obviously with the Queen's death and uh, playing away from home and whatnot. Yeah. Um, Newcastle's that weird team where you're like, yeah, they got like Sven Botman in the summer and they got Isaac, but Isaac's out. So Maximan's out. So you're like, do you know, filled with uh, a little bit of optimism, like going into this one, it got off the, uh, got off the bus, Putney bridge, um, walking through Bishop's park teams announced an hour before kickoff. And um, I take a look, obviously I know that Joao Polina um, is out due to his uh, suspension, picking up too many yellow cards. And I was like, Oh, that's okay. Kenny will just be able to like fit in there. Kenny's not been starting. Um, any games this season. And I was like, that's fine. Mitrovic, you know, he picked up a knock. And then I saw Dan James um, playing on right wing instead of Cabano, who Cabano is literally a cult hero at this football club. He's been unbelievable. He's been unbelievable this season, last season, of course. Great uh, first name as well. Is his first name Nayskins? Nayskins. Nayskins Cabano. Name. Fantastic. <laughs> and then we had uh, Livan Kajawa playing for us uh, at left back as well, who I don't believe has played a competitive match of football in close to two seasons. So you've already got those question marks in your head. Like, See the you old PSG left back? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, I think yeah, he's sorry, won sorry, sort of on. like eight Liga titles or something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's a case of having just better players around him to win those yeah, sure, or yeah. uh, being the stereotypical, what people say, cliched farmers league or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I saw that, I, I I like to think I'm quite an open-minded football fan. I knew these challenges were going to come where you'd have the likes of Polina out. You're probably going to have Mitrovic out at some point as well. And you're like, do you know what? You, you We have to go into these games and see if all of these teams can work because we were so lucky. We've been so fortunate in the fact that um, we've been able to play kind of like the same starting lineup for the opening six games. And that doesn't even include Harry Wilson, who's been out. 
So when I saw all of them lined up, I was like, yeah, potentially this could be all right. Um, starting off, I was like, yeah, this is fine. The first 15 minutes of a football match, any football fan knows, it's almost impossible to somehow or map up how the game is actually going to go until uh, Nathaniel Chalabar decides to go sliding straight into... Um, is it Matty Longstaff or no, mm. Sean Longstaff? Um, to which, from our view, because I sit in the Hammersmith end, which is I sit like right at the back of there, to which you're like, oh, it's soft ref. That's yeah, yeah. so early in this soft ref. And I saw Marco Silva uh, kicking off at VAR and stuff like that. And um, listen, they've got the technology to know now if it's actually dangerous. And it was. We watched the replays back. It was a terrible challenge. <laughs> And that's where it went from there, to be honest. I Seeking the out team... the ref afterwards to yeah. apologise. Sorry, ref. Sorry, it wasn't soft. Sorry. Yeah. Um, apologies to the referee for uh, all the abuse <laughs> I held at him. <laughs> he, he couldn't hear me as fine. I was all nah, right about nah, you're right about yeah. <laughs> But it was... Oh, I don't want to slam Silver for the team selection because he's got it so right. But we knew that Nathaniel Chalabar wasn't up to the test in the championship last year. Bearing in mind, we dominated the, uh, we dominated the championship. Won 6-0, 7-0, 6-2, 5-2, a numerous amount of times. But still at the same time, we knew that he wasn't up for the challenge. Um, so I think that's where probably Silver went wrong. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going for Silver like there. It's just one of those things that I think you needed a safe pair of hands, as in Tom Kearney going there. I, I cannot get my head around why Chalabar thinks that's a smart idea to do that eight minutes in. So for anyone so, who didn't see it, Harry, just describe the challenge where and so we're kind of going to like the edge of the box. Um, Longstaff picks it up and it's kind of just like um, Chalabar just comes at him with speed, studs up. I think it's his left foot and it, it touched. So this is, say my hand is uh, my wrist there is the foot and his studs go straight in to the top there. Yeah. yeah Dangerous challenge it, from, what I saw in the replay, it's one of those ones where Longstaff pulls away and you're like, wow, that could genuinely be a broken mm. ankle. Mm. So referee, completely the right decision. But still, at the same time, I just cannot get my head around what was going through his brain at that time to think that was the right thing to do. That's not a challenge that you make eight minutes in. Um, no. And then from there, the game's pretty much gone unless there's some uh, some miracles. So to answer your question, I know this has been a very long-winded answer. Uh, yeah, team selection. I, I was optimistic, but obviously it didn't work. Um, hmm. Should have opted for Tom Kearney. Didn't have a backup left back because, well, Joe Bryan's gone to Nice and Robinson's out of injury at the moment. But listen, it's a 38-game season. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're playing a team that's meant to be up there in the top six. And... Yep. If Chalabar didn't get sent off, it probably would have been, I don't know, a 2-1 to Newcastle. But yeah. they yeah, they looked good, even though we had 10 men. There we go. There we go. I've got a great story. I don't know if we've got enough time. I don't think we have. But um, my friend once uh, cut up Nathaniel Chalabar at a set of traffic lights. He was being <laughs> driven um, and, yeah, cut him up, got bibs. Uh, Chalabar was being driven in this big blacked out Range Rover or whatever it was. The next set yeah. of traffic lights, the classic one, after you've done something terrible to someone on the road, they then uh, obviously pulled up next to him. He was turning left, they were going straight on, pulled up next to him. Um, 
swear warning coming up, by the way, for anyone who's a bit delicate. Uh, Chalaba wound down his window, leant out the window and called my friend who was driving. said, what are you doing, you tubby little prick? And it's one of the <laughs> most sensational anecdotes I've ever been told. So every time I hear Nathaniel Chalaba's name, uh, I smile and think of of Callum. So how uh, yeah. uh, how how long ago was this story? Well, mm, this was in my old life and my old job. So I would say four years, maybe. Oh, five. it's annoying because it I was, was hoping was like at Watford. Listen, let's just say from four years ago, the red cards karma for that. And. <laughs> 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 exactly maybe I'll you don't call people that. tubby i mean i'm a tubby guy but yeah <laughs> but i'm gonna be honest callum wasn't the greatest of drivers to be fair no. so i'm pretty sure he probably <laughs> listen they're both listen. wrong <laughs> hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line harry let's talk about um this game this weekend then west ham fulham london stadium two o'clock on sunday uh how are you feeling going into the game i've got that feeling with Fulham I feel like we always beat you you mm. and Aston Villa are teams in history home or away I'm never worried I think yeah. oh, however we're playing I'm like, oh, we, we, we always beat Fulham so we're okay I think oh, we've got to rely on people coming back and being fit I don't really know a time scale in which Harry Wilson is actually going to be back in the squad but I mean he's not played any minutes this season how I see it going is I mean I think you pretty much could suss out yourself how it's going to go if we've got uh Issa Diop started against us a player that you've yeah. known for a very long time someone that I've not seen enough minutes of was shambolic against uh Crawley in his debut and somewhat we went to a five at the back on Saturday like held us together quite well but how do I see it going it's one of those ones where I think we're going to be overly reliant on Joao Polina mm. um we're going to need him to come back Andres Pereira I think it's we're going to have the same approach and I think away from home, our form is going to suffer. Um, but it's all whether you can deal with sort of like our high press and suffocating you. And um, yeah, I mean, with Polina being back, that'll be incredible. I mean, you guys will be able to witness <laughs> a Champions League standard centre mid in Joel Polina playing for Fulham. And I mean, you've got a Champions League standard centre mid in Declan Rice. Um, but yeah, I think West Ham are probably going to take this one. Yeah, two one, two one probably. And I, I, I think Skamaka. If if you guys can obviously replay the the press on us, Tosin's been looking shaky. If you put pressure on Tosin and make sure you're like higher press on him, the guy's got mistaken him. I love him to bits. He has got a mistake in him. Um, Kevin and Babu, if he's playing at right back instead of Kenny Tete. If he doesn't really get, from what I've seen so far, doesn't really get close to his man. So whoever you've got on the left wing, could that be Corne? Uh, likely, yeah. He started against, so, he come off injured though. So I'm not sure whether, so it'd be him or Fournals, maybe Ben Rama. I think if you're using Corne and um, simple, it sounds so simple, but I think simple one twos. That's the one thing of Mbappé's game does not keep close to the winger whatsoever. He's got a mm. bit of pace to him, fair play. But you think about how wide that West Ham pitch is as well. 
that I think, yeah. yeah, I think potentially, I think we'll be all right on sort of like the counter attack. But how do you think sort of like Skamaka is going to deal with sort of like big sort of because he's he's a towering centre half? So who's this? Sorry, Skamaka. Oh yeah, centre forward. Yeah, he's um. Well, we don't really press. That's the mm. thing. Like we sit back, are happy to let teams have the ball and try and hit on the counter attack. That's Moisey's style. That's West Ham's style. So um, yeah, it's they're they're not. He, he, you know, he's mobile enough, but he's mm. he's not there for that. Do you know what I mean? He's not. Yeah. He's I not think as long as you can like... keep as long as you can keep Mitrovic quiet. So that's... he'll be back, will he? From injury, I believe so. I hope so. I mean, yeah. I've not got any inside sources. This is just coming from the uh, the brain and wisdom of Harry Durham. The, <laughs> I don't think it was anything. The guy's probably just exhausted, to be honest with yeah. you. I think he played. Uh, he scored a hat trick for Serbia against Sweden, and then came off with an injury, and then scored again. I can't remember who Serbia's second game was against, but scored four four and two. Mm. Um, but yeah, if he's fit. It might just be you might just be you might just be tired from the international break, but he he'll cause you some problems. You really will, especially if how good he's been in the air as well. How's it going to go style wise? Then what can you see? You mentioned high press there. West Ham will sort of sit back. Um, yeah, we do that ever so slightly less at home, obviously because it's a bit more pressure to take the game to the opposition. Mm. Uh, but how do you how do you see it playing out? Sort of will, will Fulham still be quiet? You know gung-ho attacking want to go after the game yeah. or are they a bit more pragmatic no we'll go after if you every single game that we've pretty much played this season apart from um saturday we, like marco silva's kind of like installed this kind of never die attitude even if we go one nil down we'll normally play like a four two three one or like a four three three with uh kind of like uh, Pereira as like a roaming number 10 but right Every player, apart from Kevin and Barbu at the weekend and Nathaniel Chabar, everyone is on you like a rash, and we will like pin you back as far as we can. Mm. So then we hope that you'll make a mistake at the back, like uh, take Mitrovic versus Arsenal when uh, Gabriel made the mistake inside his own box. It's stuff like that that we're sort of like preying on, right. and Mitrovic is clinical. So we, I think. Judging if we have the fit squad of Polina coming back, obviously he's got the most tackles in the Premiership. He's been incredible. And if oh, if he continues this way, he will probably be at a top six club by, well, at the end of next summer. So yeah, yeah. the approach and the style will be like that, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, we will try and suffocate you as best as we can. But, I mean, whenever we go... what It's, it's strange because whenever we go like 1-0 down, we like, don't really give up apart from if it's Newcastle and you're down to 10 men, which is like quite refreshing to see. <laughs> yeah. And um, listen, 4-1, yeah, yeah. But listen, I, I've said to a lot of people, if I if they were a better man or whatever, betting woman or whatever, bet as many goals as you can in the Fulham game because I think we're always going to score a lot of goals, but we're mm. also going to concede as well. So like I was saying to you, even though you said you haven't got a higher press, blah, blah, blah. blah. As long as um, Corne and Skamaka um, put pressure on Tosin, there is a mistake there. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And there's a mistake in Ream as well. Happy days. Well, I mean, it sounds like it could be an entertaining one. I think West Ham could really, really do with the win. That that Wolves one took the pressure off a little bit, but if we want to mm. be where we say we want to be at the end of the season, three points this weekend is vital. 
as well. Harry, it's been great having you on the show. You've said 2-1 to West Ham. Am I right for your score prediction? I mean, I'd always back my club and... Doesn't sound like you are, though. No, no, do you know what? I'm on, I'm on like a real hangover from Saturday. Just <laughs> it, I, it really uh, impacted me. Yeah, it <laughs> Physi- like it physically and mentally. Yeah. Um, so, if, I mean, if Polina's back, I, do you know what? I'll, I'll call a 2-2. Two, two. Right, 2-2. Two, two. I'll, I'll take the 2-1 then that you've left because I feel like that's the score we always beat Fulham <laughs> by as well. Have you got time to tell us quickly, just before I say goodbye, uh, how you're finding Issa Diop at the moment? Very briefly, if you have to. Well, like I mentioned, I've not really seen like too much of him. Uh, we got knocked out by Crawley in the early stages of the Carabao Cup. Yeah. And he was just, I can't remember what the score was against Crawley. I think it was like 2-0. Right. And their second goal ever, their final goal, um, I don't really, I don't care about the Carabao Cup whatsoever. It annoys me. Well, um, certainly not when you lose to Crawley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a big day for them. Uh, yeah, but he yeah. was just, he was just trudging around. I don't know if it was just match fitness or whatever, but it's not really, uh, it's not really what you want to see from your 15 million, only 15 million pounds isn't big in like today's market, but still it's, 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 it's it's not the, the first impression because people remember that stuff, man. People remember that even if if it's at Crawley, if it's at Manchester United, if it's at Portsmouth, people remember that. Um, and does he play much since then or not so much? Nah, not particularly. I think he's made a few sub appearances, like came on on Saturday. Um, and yeah, to be honest with you, mate, when uh, I think he came on just after half time or just before Silver made a lot of changes, I'd like checked out of the game completely, to be honest with you. So my analysis of uh, Issa Diop uh, needs some more attention, to be honest with you, because after Saturday's uh, absolute, well, it was just an absolute hellhole of a game. My mm. my head was gone and I was just talking absolute nonsense to my mate next to me. Oh, Newcastle have scored again. Oh, wow. Almiron's just probably scored uh, the goal of the month. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the has done this to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's fine. He has that impact on people. I've seen it firsthand, as I've told you before, how uh, how much Chalaba's words and now actions can affect people's <laughs> day. So, uh, yeah, you're not you're not alone there, Harry. Listen, it's been great having you on the show. We really appreciate you giving us the time to come on the We Are West Ham podcast for the first time. You're saying to all Sunday afternoon at London Stadium, West Ham v Fulham. I am saying 2-1 to the Hammers. I'll get Jonesy's score prediction off him. In the final thoughts, Harry, you've been superb. Uh, enjoy the rest of the season. Good luck. And you know what? I, it's one of those. I do sort of, I really hope not the Forest go down. I quite hope Bournemouth go down again. Um, but I do hope Fulham stay up because uh, oh, not just because well. you're normally good for six points, but it's a nice little <laughs> ground and a way that I've, I've usually enjoyed. Harry, you've been a pleasure. Stay with us. Final thoughts from me and Jonesy next. Well, that's it for another week. James Jones, an excellent win against Wolves to lift the pressure somewhat on David Moyes and West Ham in general, really. Good to do it at home in front of the fans. Um, Europa Conference League action this week, James, and elect opposition view earlier on. And I don't know. I, I think at the beginning of this Conference League campaign, we both said that Anderlecht was likely to be the most difficult game. We said that um, about Dinamo Zagreb in our Europa League group last season too. 
Um, and I think ultimately, although we think these teams are, they may be the most difficult game in that group, certainly teams West Ham should be beating. I backed us at the beginning to go through this whole Europa League group unbeaten. Uh, you weren't having any of it at the time. Uh, but what are your thoughts? That's Anderlecht away Thursday night in Brussels, West Ham. Well, now, with that, with a win over Wolves at the weekend, that'll give the team a lot of confidence um, going to this one. They're, they're going to want to make it three out of three. Um, I don't know how Anderlecht are doing in their league this year. Um, oh, opposition, opposition view. Yeah, well, we've, yeah. Um, but I think we, we could have to beat them. A tenth, by the way, tenth. in the Belgian Pro League. Sorry, yeah, I just appreciate you're probably waiting for an answer from me there. But uh, yeah, tenth in the uh, the Belgian Pro League at the moment. Genk, who we uh, overcame last season in the Europa League, are sitting second, if that's anything to go by. But uh, yeah, and they lost 1-0 at home to Charleroi uh, last time out. That was on Sunday. Okay, so and they drew nil nil with sorry FCSB um, away and beat Silkeborg one nil at home in the earlier state their first two Europa Conference League group games. Yeah, I think that was a last minute winner as well. Um, from from memory is correct, but yeah. So I mean, we're good enough to beat them. Good enough to beat them on the day. Um, I don't. I think Moyes will probably make quite a few changes to the one that played against Wolves. Yeah. Um, with obviously Fulham in mind uh, a few days later, but yeah, I'm I'm confident that we can go go there and and get a result and continue 100% record. I think we're good enough for it. I think now we'll have the confidence to do it with um, one or two players getting back into the form that that they had last season. Yeah, Jan Vertonghen playing for and elect as well. So uh, I'm sure he'll get a um, get a, a pleasant reception from from the away fans in Belgium. What's your score prediction then, Jonesy? Let me go two nil. Two nil. Clean sheet. Okay. Two nil. Nice, yeah. Yeah, I've got a funny feeling. We just seem to sort of have a habit, don't we, of um, of conceding goals. So I'm going to say three one. I think we'll win by a two goal margin. But um, yeah, I think we'll. Uh, we'll get the job done reasonably uh, efficiently and effectively, which will give us uh, a decent chance um, in that uh, Europa League. Oh, sorry, the, I keep doing that. It's quite irritating, actually, in the Europa Conference League group. Uh, Josie, I think with if we do manage to get a win, I say we, we've then got the return leg straight away afterwards on the because of the way the. Um, like the, the fixtures are done. We've got the return leg on the 13th of October, the home game against Anderlecht. Uh, we'll be on nine points if we beat them away on Thursday. They'll be on four, uh, obviously depending on the FCSB Silkeborg result. But it, it could we could be in a situation whereby we're, we're looking at, if we beat Anderlecht that next game, then, then we'll win the group, which will be... You know, this is a great achievement after after four matches. Yeah, it'd be better than last year. I think we won it with one game to go, didn't we? So, yeah. when it were two two to go this year, happy days. And it does then allow allow Moyes to to kind of rest a few first team players for league action, like he did last year. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably that's that's the thought process with David Moyes: is win the group as soon as you possibly can. Um, so yeah, if we can if we can have it wrapped up after four games, then then happy days. 
Yeah, I spoke to Harry from Talk Sport earlier on as well on the show, uh, chatting about the the game London Stadium Sunday afternoon, two o'clock. Confident, I was saying to him at the beginning. So we always beat Fulham. Oh, well, they're a bit like Aston Villa. Just in my memory of supporting West Ham, I just felt like we always beat Fulham home and away. Always going to the fixture with confidence. It hasn't really changed. They perhaps are a little bit more of a daunting prospect this season than they were last but especially with them sitting eighth in the table and having played uh, Liverpool, Tottenham and Arsenal already got a point against Liverpool only lost 2-1 to Arsenal and Tottenham away and were unlucky particularly at Arsenal uh, to not get anything out of that game um, yeah are you, are, you, are you daunted by that how are you feeling about that game Sunday I think it'd be tight and we'll be under far a lot more pressure than we were against Wolves Um I think it'll be tight. How Marco. so? Well, Marco Silva teams like to attack. It's very yeah. open. Um, Harry was saying high press. Yeah, we so like grill. There's, you know, that'll they'll put us under pressure in, in that respect. In that, you know, we our defence will, will have a lot more to do next weekend than they did in the previous weekend. Um, so it's interesting to see how what Moyes does in terms of his his back four. Uh, whether he sticks sticks with what he's got, um, or whether he makes one or two changes, but yeah, it's going to be tight. I mean, I'm, I've got two one in my head, two one win. I think yeah. the fact that they they like to attack and they have a high press means that they leave a lot a lot behind for us to to get at them defensively. They'll leave a few gaps, um, and I think we're bowing back on form. Um, hopefully, with Skamaka's build, building confidence, I think we can cause them problems going forward ourselves. Um, and it might be a case of whoever scores more in the day, and I'm, I, I think we 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 have the bet the more talent in our attack than than they do. So um, yeah, I'm back to win two one. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. I'm sure some Fulham fans will scowl at that and go more attacking talent um, than we do. Mitrovic, one of the finest goal scorers in the land, but now Jan Lucas right. has proved that he can he can hit deflective volleys from uh, the edge it of the box. Deflected, yeah, hit him on the head. The smidgenist like, deflection. The smidgenist deflection, exactly that, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't forget, you can. Oh well, sorry, James. You the score predictions there. Harry went. He nicked your favourite and went for a Desmond two-two. Um, and I went for a 2-1 as well, actually. Yeah, it just feels like we always beat them 2-1. He wasn't exactly waxing lyrical about it. It's a Diop who isn't getting much game time for them at the moment. Anyway, um, but yeah, so me and you saying a 2-1 win to West Ham. Harry going with uh, a 2 all, but he did mention that. He said, you know, you can you can back goals. The old over 2.5, over 3.5 goals bet is... Um, Almost a guarantee for most Fulham games, but particularly this weekend as well. He said his defence, their defence have got some mistakes in it, which is which is good. Uh, thanks very much to the opposition views this week. Thanks very much to Jonesy as ever. Don't forget you can follow We Are West Ham on Twitter at We Are underscore West Ham. We're on Instagram at We Are West Ham Pod. Facebook, just search We Are West Ham Podcast. Do the same on YouTube. Do us a favour, go and subscribe over there. A few of you did actually last week. I implored you all. Uh, to go over and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And we did have a little cluster of you who went over and subscribed. So I appreciate that. Thanks very much. If you're one of those who hasn't yet, do go over there and do it. 
um, get involved in in the comments and the discussions and all that under those videos. Give them like and subscribe, whatever uh, you're supposed to say when you're a uh, a prominent podcaster slash YouTuber. Uh, email us if you so wish as well. If you're a bit more retro on wearewestlandpod at gmail.com. The links to all the ways you can follow us and contact We Are West Ham are included in the description to this podcast and you can buy us a beer and support us at buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham pints are a fiver each. Uh, they only, the money goes straight to me and Jonesy and it only gets spent over the bar or on podcast equipment or guests to make the show better for you guys. Guest fees is what I meant to say there. So that's buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. If you fancy doing that, that is it. For another week, West Ham 2, Wolverhampton Wanderers nil. Second Premier League win of the season in the bag. Europa Conference League game coming up on Thursday before a winnable game at home again in the Prem. Fulham on Sunday. I told you, all is not as bad as it once seemed. David Moyes is leading the way. He knows what he's doing. So do the players. Skamaka's going to start banging him in again. Bowen is going to force his way into England's starting eleven at the Qatar World Cup, which the three Lions are going to win. Positivity is the order of the day. That's all from me and James Jones for another week. Thank you very much for listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. West Ham are massive up the hammers and we'll see you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.